Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Point of Pittsburgh, the podcast. This is episode 24. Uh, I'm your host, Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Steve, uh, you know I cherish our safe space sessions, but I got to tell you, you got to get in and out of this really quick because we got a metric ton of stuff to talk about. Oh yeah, big week, big week. Okay, so... um... I'll get I'll get right into it. We'll be real short. Stop projecting prospects that the Pirates haven't even drafted yet into the starting lineup in two years. Just stop doing it, Twitter. <laughs> You're idiots. Stop doing it. Okay. Even Termar Johnson, don't put him in yet. Okay. Like you know, at least not you know two years down the road. Like he's. He's he's got a ways to go, you know. He's he's got some developing to do. Prospects aren't sure thing. Don't get your hopes up too much. Bye, Steve. Excellent, efficient. I love it. Uh, that's exactly what we needed tonight. Good. So, so I don't know where exactly we split off into this weird multiverse from what I thought was main Earth, but there's a lot of things that are going on in the world that. Uh, Give me like existential dread, but I gotta say, the pirates having the amount of vibes around them that they do right now, and immaculate vibes. These vibes are even better than when they were breaking the the twenty year curse back in twenty thirteen. I mean, the, right now the pirates are the equivalent of a guy who goes in to a casino, plays roulette, puts all his money down on just a number hits that number and then takes that 35 to one winnings and then picks like a totally random number, lets all that money ride and then hits that and then just keeps moving around the board. Like they can't go wrong with vibes and PR in the first month. And that is saying a lot for a team that habitually has been tone deaf uh, to their fan base um, we got to start with the big news about the, the huge extension that came down uh, earlier this week. Uh, of course, we're talking about Derek Shelton. No, I'm just kidding. We're talking about Brian Reynolds. Wait, uh, they re-signed Brian Reynolds? Are they extended Brian Reynolds? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm just kidding. I, I don't live under a rock. It didn't get a lot of play in Twitter <laughs> pirate world. But, uh, no, not at all. Just wanted to break some news for you here. Um, they finally did it, guys. They broke that glass ceiling of $100 million. Uh, now, to do that, they had to include this year's salary in it, but hey, we're not quibbling. Steve, I'm going to let let you uh, speak on it. Yeah, it's hard to not be happy about this deal. Uh, I, don't, I don't hate it. Um, I don't think it's as team-friendly as some people have been painting it to be. Um, I think it, you know, I mean, based on the starting numbers, it leans a little bit towards the Brian Reynolds camp. Uh, the no-trade clause, I think, is, is is a very nice touch on their part, the limited no-trade. I mean, a team like the Pirates can never afford to put a full no-trade in or anything like that, or at least a full no-trade for the full part of the contract. But I, I like it. I think it's a nice touch. Um 
you know, it's it's nice to see them coming together. But if you actually look at the um, the the free agent buyout years, it's you know, it's it's not far off of what Andrew uh, Bettinendi uh, or however you pronounce his name, what he got um, this past off season. I mean, now don't get me wrong. Uh, do I think that Brian Reynolds is a better player? Yes, I do. But I also think that they're probably it's, – it's a little closer than I think people might want to admit. Um, they're both kind of erratic uh, performers. Uh, you know, I, I mean, they both had a star season, uh, but they've also had some times where they've struggled, you know, particularly both of them during the COVID year. Um but I mean, you know, it's it's not it's not a bad deal for the player. It's not a bad deal for the team. Again, I still think it's a touch team friendly, but it's not. This is probably the least team friendly extension that they've signed to this point. Well, you are right about the the Benintendi uh, comparison, but I guess what I was kind of stuck on was looking at Brandon Nimmo. Um, and he was getting about twenty million a year uh, on his deal, and in my opinion, he and Reynolds are a better comparison than Benintendi uh, and Reynolds. And for them to get Reynolds ranging from fourteen to fifteen million, I mean, it's a flat fifteen million uh, in a time period where yep. money ke- keeps going up and up and up. Um, even if you're going by a somewhat outdated. $8 million per war, you're only asking Reynolds to be a league average player of two war. And that's that's even not assuming that by that time it won't cost about $10 million to buy a war. Um, I, I see, aside from him going full Grady Sizemore, I see almost no downside for the Pirates for this deal. I know the term. I yeah, I mean, like I said, I but, still, I do, I think it's team friendly and I think it works out, for, it's going to work out for everybody, but, um, you know, it secures his future and I mean, he could go full Grady size more, but now he's a hundred million dollars richer if he does. Yeah. Now, uh, we jokingly talked about Derek Shelton. Um, it's pretty well known at this point that I have not been a huge Derek Shelton fan, but again, vibes. Pirates are owners of the best record in the National League after today's thrilling win over the Dodgers to get two out of three from, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it's the highest payroll in baseball, I believe. Almost has to be, right? Close to... I think the Mets are the high. I believe the Mets are the highest now. But, really? Um, oh, wow. I, I don't know that off the top of my head. Yeah, the Mets have gone crazy. I'll look it up, but go ahead and chat. I'll, I'll look it up while you're, chat, while you're looking, or so, while you're talking. you know... Pirates are 18 and 8, and I've always thought that Shelton was going to be the guy before the guy, the John Russell equivalent to this uh, this decade's Clint Hurdle. But, you know, contract was up at the end of the year. Uh, my man's got them doing stuff, so they gave Joe Manginello's stunt double an extension. Uh, didn't talk about the term of it, didn't talk about the amount of it. That's fine. I truthfully don't care. But the interesting part was after the Shelton and Reynolds extensions, uh, owner Bob Nutting came out and said, yeah, uh, we're not done. We got some other um, extension candidates in mind, and we're going to start talking about them. And guess who else is going to start talking about them, Steve? 
us. Yep. So we've been beating this train for a while. We were on the bleeding edge of the extension game, uh, mostly because we're a couple smooth brains and we decided to launch a pirate podcast in the dead of the off season and we needed some stuff to talk about. But um, me personally, I would be signing David Bednar uh, at this exact minute. I tossed out a five, five-year, $27 million contract, and that's based on taking Emmanuel Clase's uh, number from the Guardians and what he got during his arbitration years and uh, you know, getting a couple free agent years in that, toss a signing bonus in, and you're looking at five for 27. Um, I know you and I have talked about Mitch Keller, but every time that man takes the bump, he's probably making himself another $2 million. Uh, I am having a hard time right now envisioning a scenario um, on what he signs for, if he would sign. Are you talking about Keller at this point? Yeah. 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 Uh, and by the way, I did look it up. The Mets are the number one payroll in baseball at this point. The Dodgers are actually fifth. No the, way. Uh, the po- they're not even number one in the, the West, uh, the NL West anymore. The Padres are actually outspending them at the moment. So um, Phillies, and, Phillies and the, Yan- or, and the Yankees are, are the other two that are ahead of them at, right now. Wow, what, what were the Dodgers? Are they like cutting costs out there or something? Or well, I, well, you figure Trey Turner went from the Dodgers to the Phillies. They did lose a couple. I think they lost like three free agents this past year. Hmm. You know, so uh, I think Justin Turner uh, was another one, and uh, oh, what's his name? He landed on the the Cubs. Um, eh, I'm totally blanking on him, but uh, you know, one way or the other. I mean, I know they lost. Uh, they lost a few. You know, and I believe they lost uh, a couple of pitchers as well, too. But I mean, it's yeah, you know, it's it's every team has a little bit of turnover. I mean, they're not the same team that they were last year. Um, you know, but they still, you know, they still always keep up a nice system, and you know, they'll have some placements. I mean, you figure Outman's already jumped out, and he's looking great. You know, yeah. um, you know, for them so far this year. So man, it's a, uh, I'm, yeah. look, I'm looking at it now. It's a real austerity push out there in LA. They went from. 280 down to 222 yeah man yeah i'm probably getting tired of playing paying the uh the 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 tax you know at this point the the franchise tax so um you know i i mean hey it's 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 their prerogative they're probably in a point in their uh where they can win and not spend a, a a boatload of money so they might as well you know not you know have some savings when they've got some, when they're trying to facilitate and move some young players into positions to be successful. Um, that being said, this is not a Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. This is a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Um, I, I don't have a number for you on Keller either. Uh, I do think, I don't, I, and I, but at the same time, I still don't think it's out of reach either. I mean, you know, I, I after this year, it's going to get tougher, but I, I mean, if I'm a pitcher in, the year 2023 and I have not gotten, you know, a full on payday at this point and I'm throwing, you know, 18 different types of pitches and I haven't had Tommy John surgery yet. Like I'm probably thinking to myself, Hey, I could go down on, (laughs) I could go down and be under the knife at any moment. I might as well take this payday. Um, you know, and, and that's true. I mean, you know, I, he's been, you know, 
you know, Keller's been reasonably healthy, you know, so far with the Pirates. But that being said, I mean, you know, one weird throw and, you know, pop. Like, not trying to be, you know, actually emulate the sound of, of his elbow, potentially. But, um, you know, you, you just never know. I mean, and then you lose a year. And, you know, you figure if that happens the year before he hits the open market, he's going to, I mean, he's not going to, um, you know, he's, he's going to be a year out from returning. So he's going to lose an entire year of salary. And then he's also going to... Um, you know, then then he's also going to be damaged goods for a year, even though no most people know that he can come back from Tommy Dunn's surgery, but he's not going to get a multi-year deal. He's probably going to have to take it a one-year deal. You know, and then if he struggles, you know, which oftentimes people do for the first couple of months back, you know, then he's going to, you know, the, you know, I, I, then, then, then again, that next contract's not going to be as good. I think you, you still sign him. He's not... Um, you know, is he going to sell out, you know, eight, eight years and want to pitch here that whole time? Are the Pirates going to want to offer him that? No, I don't think so. But, I mean, you could, I think you could still do a four-year deal. He's still going to be reasonably young when he hits free agency if he does continue to stay healthy. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why the team wouldn't want to do it, and I don't understand. I, I don't see any reason why the player wouldn't want to do it either, you know? I mean the the Reds just signed Hunter Green, who only has yeah. one year of uh, service time. They signed him to a six for fifty three. Now obviously there's uh, two min scale years that they can factor mm-hmm. into there, and uh, Keller's already into R one. Sure. But um, you know that's like the that's like the baseline uh, of it at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would think so. I mean, I, I think it might even be a bigger number. Um, oh, absolutely, you know, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, because you have those men's scale years, I mean, I, I do think that um, it, Hunter Green is a better pitcher, and he's going to command more on the, the market. Um, although Mitch Keller is certainly distinguishing himself at this point. But, um, you know, those... Those triple digits off the, uh, you know, as a starting pitcher, you know, they, you know, whether they're effective or not, they're going to get you a couple, you know, million dollars added into any contract, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would think, yeah, I, I, I'd probably want to actually sit back down and really look at the numbers again and really crunch them. But, you know, I, I think a five-year deal wouldn't be outlandish. I think a four-year deal would also be pretty reasonable, you know, um, but you know how much I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Anybody else that you'd like to see the uh, pirates go after? Since this is just the beginning, potentially. Well, I mean, you could easily work up something for Oviedo. You could work up something for Contreras. Yeah, um, yeah I think so too. I mean, I, I don't think. Um, I think I, again. I, I don't know what Oviedo's original bonus looked like, but I mean, again, I know that Ronzi hasn't been paid ever. So I mean, he's. You know, other than his salary last year, you know, so he might be, you know, chomping at the bit to sign something team friendly just to get some guaranteed money. I got to think you could get Oviedo for really cheap right now. You think so? Yeah, I think if they were to put something, put something, you know, very reasonable together, but you're buying out his entire control. And you might be able to buy out those six years for under thirty million, possibly. You know, just kind of working through some very quick back of the napkin numbers. Okay. I I, th- I think you could do that with him right now. I think he would jump all over that. 
And, and he might. Like I said, I, if I'm a pitcher and they're offering me guaranteed money, I'm really considering it. Any any pitcher, you know? I, I mean, you know, it's just the, the nature of the beast, especially if I'm a dude that's throwing the volume of sliders that they're throwing. Yep. Like that's there's only it. so many of those that, that the arm can take, you know? So, yep. um, and I'm looking, I'm trying to find Oviedo's bonus now too. So here, let me one second. So it looks like he... Oh, he got a nice. He did get a nice size bonus when he signed uh, with the Cardinals initially. So he's not. Uh, I mean, he's not exactly a poor man at the moment. He's got one point nine million when he signed with them. But uh, again, Contreras, you know, next to nothing. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, O'Neill Cruz would be at the top of my list. I think. Um, you know, I mean, I understand he's injured, but you know, now might be. Now more than ever, he might understand the uh, the the risk, you know the, the you know the, the the concept of shared risk as he's uh, you know thinking about you know maybe sliding better next time. <laughs> so not sliding like a big weirdo, um, not sliding like I would look, you know. But um, you know, so I, I that's why I could never. I would have every base I'd have broken my ankle on. You know, so uh, Ronzi is uh, was a two hundred fifty thousand dollars signing bonus. He's not. He wasn't the complete pittance that I thought he was. But uh, I mean, that being said, I still think I agree with you. I think I think he's a logical one. But I I, I agree. I think Oviedo would. I mean, you know, why not? I, I mean, any of them. You know, I yeah. just again, if you're a pitcher, lock it up. <laughs> yep, I you agree. Know? So, Pirates are. I can't even believe I'm going to say this. They're 18 and eight. And yeah. I mean, the starting pitching, Steve, in the last two weeks, Pirates have played 13 games in the last 14 days. The pitchers have gone 79 innings in those 13 games. So that's just over six innings a start. They have a 2.16 ERA with a 2.81 FIP. So, yeah. you know, that's lining up. And they're not doing it with some BABIP trickery. The BABIP is 280, no. which is, you know, reasonable. And they're not doing it with some uh, left-on-base trickery because it's at 81.6, which is right in line, you know, with kind of where you expect it to be. Um, it's just, they're just dominant right now. And it's at the point, even with Velasquez, who I have, I probably should, you know, Put that Shaquille O'Neal meme out. You know, sorry, I didn't know your game. Uh, do I think this is going to last? Probably not. Do I wish for it? No, absolutely not. Let's keep it running. Uh, every pitcher now that they go out, I'm like, okay, we we got this. And, you know, the, the loss on Monday, uh, excuse me, Tuesday, was a disheartening loss, but, um, yeah. you know, you cannot expect pitchers to be perfect every night. Colin Holderman gave up a bomb, and uh, they just overall didn't really have it that night. But Oviedo was still strong uh, as a, as a starter. Um, and then Ronzi and Mitch Keller just went to Lock City and just took care of business the past two nights. Yeah, I thought on Tuesday that there was a good chance they would get swept. I did not expect them to take the series. 
just didn't didn't expect it. I mean, like, and I don't think I was unreasonable to think they'd be swept, and I don't think it would be unre- was unreasonable to think it was a long shot for them to uh, to to actually take the series. But kudos to them, yeah. I mean, and not only are they, not only are eighteen and eight. I mean, I know they've not played the best of schedules thus far, but they have played nine games against teams that are 500 or better at this point, and they're six and three against those teams. That is the best mark in all of baseball, even better than the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays at this point. So, or I should say the best winning percentage. Um, you know, the, the Rays are one or a half game back, but I'm, I'm taking whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it, it's probably about that time. We probably have to have that talk, Steve. Are you ready yep. to reconsider your win total? Yes. And and let me drop some, some math on you here, which I know you love. And I know our listeners love. Uh, I, I get stopped constantly. I, I can't even get through the grocery store. And they're like, talk about the pirates, but use math. You know? Okay. It's just like nonstop. So pirates are 18 and 8. They got 136 games left if you think that this team and those 136 remaining games is going to play at a 75 win percentage pace like they're going to go 75 and 87 pace over those 136 that gets you 63 wins out of those next 136 games so that gets you that gets you an 81 and 81 record of them playing 462 ball. Now, if the Pirates just play 500 ball the rest of the game, the way, you know, 81 and 81 pace, that gets them 68 wins. And then that gets them uh, 86 total wins on the season. And that's going to probably get you right on the cusp of a wild card. And that's with them just playing 500 ball the rest of the way. I cannot believe me, Kevin Cray, the resident black cloud of this podcast, on April 27th is saying that the Pirates are a really good shot to at least get a wild card, if not more. What is going on, Steve? No, I I agree with you. And, and, and honestly, that... Um... That that projecting um, the projecting the pirates to go at least five hundred, I that's that's where I'm putting them right now. I mean, I'm I'm still not quite ready to revise my my projection to put them, you know, into like the ninety win, definitely like lock for the playoffs territory or like ridiculously solid contenders. But I, I don't see I don't see a reason why this team can't at least play five hundred ball the rest of the season. I don't. I just don't. I mean, they're yeah. getting. Uh, they're, they're, again, they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. They're beating the teams that are 500, you know. Um, it, you know, I, I know they, 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 they didn't look great against the Astros, but they've been playing better baseball since then. Um, you know, they are consistent, uh, you know, up and down. When you look at the, 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 the positional value, if you look at F4 by position for the Pirates, and I saw a tweet about this. I, I totally cite them, but I can't remember who I saw tweet, tweet this. But I went back and looked at the number as and verified it myself. But the, the, the Pirates are at worst in terms of F4, bang average, for every single position. 
you know, for every single player position, you know, they're the staff right now in terms of F4, the pitching staff is eighth overall, you know, and that's not even, that's not even looking into today's crazy good win. I mean, that could easily vault them into seventh, you know, so, or the crazy pitching performance, I should say. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I just don't see, I don't see how they could, I don't see them backsliding. You know, I, I think that it, to predict this team to finish below 500 at this point would be irresponsible. You're not looking at what's in front of you if, you, if you're going to project them there at this point, you know. Um, and we have a big enough sample size at this point to say this is a pretty, this is a pretty good team that really doesn't have a lot of holes. You know, I mean, do they have a lot of star power? Uh, no, they don't. Uh, I mean, they have some really good performances, and we'll talk more about those during three stars. But they are, they're, they, like I said, there's also no holes. Like, I mean, we're also going to talk a little bit about prospects. Where are you going to put them right now? Right. <laughs> you know? So, I, I mean, you know, I think the one guy that might have had a chance to squeeze his way onto the roster, Cody, Cody Bolton, squeezes his way onto the roster. So, I, I mean... I just don't, like I said, I just don't see where they regress. I mean, again, I'm not willing to commit to more than that just yet. I want to see them, they got a really tough May schedule. I want to see them continue the winning. But if they can at least, if they end up going at least 500, um, you know, during that, or if they add on, you know, if they, they extend, um, you know, if they, if they extend this really good play against very, very good teams, I'm I'm not opposed to thinking that they can go even higher. Yeah, it's absolutely bonkers that we're even discussing this but i mean it's it's for real this this team and and i can't you know i'm looking at this team and like you said there's no holes and this is going to kind of segue into the next part about you know prospects but i'm like oddly comfortable with our depth at triple a i mean we aren't even talking about luis ortiz anymore and that's just buying him all sorts of time to keep working on that change. Yep. Um, you know, God forbid something happens to it with an injury, but you know, if something does, I would have no problem bringing up Luis Ortiz. He's having yeah. a, a great start to the year. Um, and it, I, I feel like he could just keep it moving. You just plug him in and we'll keep it moving. You still got, even with Cody Bolton coming up, you still have a couple relievers down there. Yeah, Hunter Stratton is doing really nice stuff down there. Um, Twelve innings, nineteen strikeouts. The the walks are a little out of control, but uh, I mean that that's a guy that you could bring up for a few games and not sweat it. You know, Angel Perdomo is having a nice run down yeah. there. Uh, you know, J.C. Flowers. Even at Altoona, I saw him pitch a little bit tonight. Tyler San Santa Diego, or I, I'm, I, I so, so there's too many consonants for uh, what? What is it? You got? You got? You're gonna bail me out on that? On how uh, to pronounce his last name? No, I was just saying. I was just really impressed by how bad you were butchering it. But you know, keep oh, going. is it that bad? I, what is it? I, let's say like Santa Diego. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, even on the even on the position side, like. If the Pirates needed a bat, Miguel Andahar is a guy, you know? Yeah. And he's got as many walks as strikeouts. He's got a little bit of home run power. 
uh, you know, you could bring him up and it let him stumble around, play a corner. Um, but I mean, they've already brought up Tukapita Marcano. They've brought up Mark sure. Mathias. Uh, you know, sure. you're seeing the, the depth already and it's just like amazing. Um, and that's not even counting like the bad news about Indy Rodriguez, you know? Right. Uh, but the crazy part is, is that, okay, it looks like Indy's going to be shut down from throne for about three weeks or so. And I still think this one's going to have a negative ending, but, um, Henry Davis looks like he's rated jump on a bus and head to Indianapolis with the way he's hitting right now in Altoona. Uh, and that would be great. Let's get him going in triple A. Uh, it's just like everything just is coming up pirates right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and with Henry Davis, I've been watching a lot of Altoona games um, and, and he's just absolutely mashing. Like he hit a couple of foul balls today that were just crushed, just barely missed them little, you know, it it pulled him. So he was, I mean, a little bit early, but I mean, like, you know, I, I I mean, if they're fair, they're, 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 they're gone by a long shot, you know? So I, and I mean, his one hit that he had tonight, he blistered, you know, through the right side of the infield, you know, I mean, the strikeouts are kind of catching up with him a little bit. Um, but I mean, again, he's still walking more than he's striking out to his eyes. Great. I think he walked in the go ahead run in tonight's game too, on a really nice plate appearance. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, I agree with you. He could. He's actually in a position. He's putting himself into a position where he can jump over Indianapolis. For me, conceivably, um, could very, very easily see him um, going up. And and the, the the Steelers just traded their pick to the uh, or excuse me, the, the Steelers just moved up three spots in the draft. They're on the uh, they're on the clock, and the pick is in. I'm not looking at Twitter though to see who they actually picked. You know, before it's actually announced. But that's that's very exciting. So. Um, but yeah, all right. Again, not a pirate, not a Steelers podcast. So, so just to kind of tie off on the vibes here a little bit, um, Drew Magi, Magi, sorry, yeah. he's not he's not a wise man. Sorry about that. Uh, made his debut, and holy cow, Pirates are getting a lot of run out of that one. Um, yeah, get going on Good Morning America. Maybe that might be getting to be a little bit too much. Uh, it's it's a story about perseverance. I get it. Um, sure. I'm not going to tamp down the vibes, but, uh, you know, just everybody look at his stats and let's see if the, uh, praise is warranting the stats. But, uh, you know, again, the pirates are doing everything right. And it's yep. just crazy what's going on with this team. Um, so this is gonna be the hard part about the, the show. We got a few minutes left here. I want you to tell me your three stars and, uh, you know, good luck with that. So Maggie's my third star. Yeah. Maggie's my third star for the week. I mean, obviously not for any results on the field, but, um, fully because of, uh, of what he, um, you know, what he's done, the vibes that he's brought, you know, uh, again, he is leading the team in, in good morning America appearances for the season. (laughs) So, I mean, he's what people are talking about, and I mean, ultimately, that is what makes you a star. If if I am so bold to say it, you know. <laughs> Who else you got? Well, oh, you we're skipping you. You're not. You're not taking your. You're not telling me your third star. Oh, okay. Well, for for my third star, I'm going with uh, going with Mitch Keller. I, I okay. I feel like we're talking about him 
all the time. Uh, but, I mean, guys just had a dominant start against a really good team. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with, um, for my number two, I'm going with Jack Sawinski. Uh, he's just seeing the ball so incredibly well right now and just hitting the hitting the snot out of it or walking, you know. And, I mean, he's stealing some bases, playing great defense. Um, you know, I mean, it was in vain, but that, you know, the robbery of, uh, uh, you know, of, of uh, uh, you know, of the three-run yeah. home run on, on Tuesday night really almost saved the game. It yep. initially saved the game for the Pirates, and, I mean, uh, you know, so uh, he's doing all the right things. And, and, I mean, like, he might be evolving into uh, – uh, you know, I mean, this could just be a real good run where he's just seeing, like, again, seeing the ball just great. But, um, you know, this also could be him evolving into a player that's a little more special than we thought he was going to be when he was initially acquired, you know, from the Padres. Yeah. Uh, I have him as my number one for okay. basically every reason. Uh, my man's leading the team in war. Uh, yeah. And he's he's doing it by... At this point, cutting down dramatically on his strikeouts. Um, he's making better contact in the zone uh, on, on the old stat cast. Um, and he's walking a ton. His walks have gone up from 11% to 18.8, while his strikeouts have gone from 30.6 down to 24.6. And he's not sacrificing power. He's actually got a 352 isolated slugging percentage, which is godlike. Uh, and yes, the defense is there too. So for me, he's my number one. Um, yeah. so who, who do you have it at number one? And then I'll, I'll toss in someone for my number two. I have Ronzi for my number one. So, mm-hmm. uh, back, to, back to back, you know, great starts from him. You know, he just absolutely dominated today you know, was excellent in his last start against, I believe he was against Cincinnati. Um, but I mean, the, the, his last start against Cincinnati, I feel like might've been his, might've been his best if I recall correctly. But I, I mean, just tons of strikeouts that slider is just killing it. Um, he mit, was mixing in curveballs today. Just very, very happy with where he's yesterday. at right now. Yeah. Yes. Yesterday, last night. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. We're recording. Yeah. Yes, yeah. correct. Yesterday, yesterday afternoon. So, yesterday night, but you'll get there eventually. Okay. I know the time difference is messing with you. It must be. It must yeah. be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yesterday afternoon would be a better. Just way. be. Just because you watch the games in the afternoon doesn't mean the rest of us do. Right. Right. Um, oh wait, Keller went today. That's right. That's, I'm an idiot. That's right. <laughs> Oh well, yes, Ronzi was great last night. So, so for my number two, uh, I'm going with someone different. It was probably going to be Ronzi. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Jason Delay. He's living up to his name. He's delaying the Pirates fans' interest in getting Andy Rodriguez up here. Uh, of course, Andy's hurt, um, but he's actually just doing really good things. Uh, he has moved up into fifth on the Pirates for war, which is crazy to say that for a guy that was absolutely garbage last year. Um, Interesting fact, uh, Jason DeLay was Pirates' fourth round pick back in 2017, but he was 
pretty much basically a senior sign. They gave him $100,000, and that was to uh, yeah, massage the bonus pool. But he's doing great things this year. Um, and I just really like how he's handling the staff, and he's handling the bat. And uh, there's, that's about all you can ask for in a backup catcher. And I just wanted to give him a little bit of run. Uh, I don't know how many more times we might talk about him as, as a star, but here you go, bud. This one's for you. Yeah, and he's the guy that's running up the catcher numbers and making it look as if yes. the Pirates are, uh, you know, are, are competent. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, there's a lot that um, Hedges does that you don't measure necessarily with war. Um, but that being said, you know, delays statistically why this is a good-looking group of catchers. Yeah. Yep, you're exactly right. Um. All right, you got anything else you want to uh, chat about this week? No, it's just been a really good week. I, I mean, that's just all there is to it. I, I mean, maybe the best week, you know, in the last... I mean, it's certainly the best week, week in the last, you know, seven years, eight years for the Pirates. You know, um, I mean, it's it's looking good. The future's looking brighter. Um you know, as as fun as it is, and as much as you and I like following prospects and things like that, it's always great to have sure things and people that you know are are, are major league players mm-hmm. just being locked up for a, a longer haul. Yes. You know, so I mean, you know, with Reynolds, it's great. Um, the vibes are great. I, I really hope that this team starts drawing and the city really falls for them. Because, I mean, I, I know that I'd be at a lot of games if I were in town at this point. You know, yeah. it, it'd be really, really, really hard to keep me away from the ballpark if, if I had easy access to it right now. Yeah. Yeah, the, the only thing that might s- slow this team down uh, this weekend is Mother Nature. Um, it's going to be a little soggy over here in our fair city. But, man, they got uh, the Nationals coming in. And the Nationals are kind of garbage. And really like to see them yeah. squeeze that series in. Uh, because I, fe- I yeah. feel like that's yeah. a minimum of two wins, if not maybe, I can't believe I'm going to say this, uh, a probable sweep. That's how bad the Nationals yeah. are. Yeah, they're in rough shape right now. But, I mean, they'll. Uh, I'm sure they'll rebound you know, in due time, but they are one of those teams that had some loser denial for a while. So they took a little, little bit longer than they maybe should have, you know, to start their rebuild. Um, you know, but they've got a little, they got a little bit of a core now and, you know, they'll, they'll be picking early for a little while, you know, maybe they'll get to, uh, maybe they'll get, uh, back to back generational talents again in the draft at number one overall pick. Uh, what are the odds of that happening? I don't know. The Penguins always seem to be able to do it when they need one. There it is. We've touched all the Pittsburgh sports teams on this podcast. Go Dukes. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. All right. This is probably, we're getting a little loopy. Um, Yeah, we are. Look, I love talking to you every week. It seriously is one of the highlights of my week. I do miss you. Appreciate it. Uh, But it's always more fun to talk to you when the Pirates are on an epic heater. So. Yeah. Uh, until the next time we meet, it'll be the Nationals, and then they'll be finishing up against the Rays, which is going to be a fascinating series. Yeah. 
Um, so I will see you next week. And uh, thanks a lot for hanging out with me. And thank you to all of our listeners for continuing to listen. And that's that's going to be it for me, Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve Emaselli. See you.